Hello all, Tom Moran here from Tom's Big Spiders. Going to keep this one positive. We've done enough negativity lately. And talk about my first bioactive enclosure setup. Now, as I've alluded to in the past, I've kind of been thinking about doing these for quite some time. My buddy, Ryan Mack, who runs Tangled and Webs, he and I chat quite a bit. And he's heavy into bioactive enclosures. And he's been showing me pictures of these for a couple of years now. Just stunning setups with live plants and just much more beautifully decorated than my normally Spartan enclosures. But I wasn't at a point to try it yet, but after hearing more and more about it, getting more and more interested, it was something I really wanted to give a shot to. And then recently I got contacted by Joshua Halter, who runs BioDude. Apparently Josh has been working on his own, basically a, a tarantula slash invert substrate. And he was coming out with this whole line of, uh, the, well, the substrate, which is Terra Aranya, and then a whole line of species-specific setups for people that want to do bioactive enclosures. And I guess some folks came on and said that he should have me try some of it out. So here we are. I was He contacted me. I normally don't do things like this, but it, it happened to fall in line with something I was already giving thought to. I was already starting to pick up some exoterras and some uh, looking at some acrylic enclosures and looking to kind of spruce up my collection. Because, I'm again, as I've stated before, I'm at a point now where I've got a lot of gorgeous adults and... Although the boxes I have them in, you know, the containers I have them in work and the climate's right and the conditions are right, they're just not particularly pretty and I would like to have some display spiders. I've been mentioning this for years and at some point I want to do something, have some display spiders, have some really nice setups so I can bring people in and say, look, this is what they would kind of look like in their natural habitat, whatnot. Plus, I've been doing a lot of thought, again, about the stagnancy in tanks. Uh, for example, I think a lot of the information that we've had about tarantula care comes from years ago where people were keeping mostly terrestrial species. Back then, you know, you threw them on a couple inches of vermiculite. You never changed the substrate because you could just spot clean. But they were species that we weren't keeping particularly moist, so it wasn't a huge issue. And I think now as time's gone on, we, we kind of go by that rule that you don't have to change substrate very often. And again, I'm not saying we have to clean all the time, but I did start giving serious thought to more of my fossorial, you know, my... My Asian arboreal species, the ones that need to be kept moist and in deep substrate, I started thinking to myself, all right, although they eat most of that cricket, although I'm pulling out most of the boluses, although I'm keeping the water fresh, I'm pouring water in there and there's a good chance that there are, you know, small particles of the boluses, the crickets, the feeder items, the roaches, whatever it may be, that are decomposing in there. And I could be attracting all kinds of pests and bacteria, more specifically harmful bacteria that could be doing damage to my, my spider or could, you know, negatively impact its health. And I've been doing a lot of thinking about this because every once in a while I'll get a mysterious death that is from a species that I keep moist. And I start wondering what causes, what is there a bacterial infection? It's one of those things that we can't really tell if they have one. And even when they do, we kind of have to guess, unless I guess there's somebody out there that knows someone, a veterinary or something that could actually test them for it. I'm sure it's been tested before, but it's not usually most, most keepers, tarantula keepers aren't going to have access to somebody to go, Hey, my tarantula just died. Can you do an autopsy on it and figure out if there's something, you know, a harmful bacteria in it, or even understanding if the harmful bacteria could be in it or maybe not hurting it. It's just not particularly practical. So I've been doing a lot of thinking about this. And again, I think part of what I love about the hobby is the fact that there's always something new to learn as far as I'm concerned. You, I never get to a point where I feel like, yep, I've got this mastered. I'm always branching out, trying new things. And the bioactive enclosures is going to be a huge step for me. I, I will tell you, like right now, just 
having a great time doing it. The setting up the enclosures, I think, kind of – I don't know if I'm doing the most beautiful job in the, in the world, but it does kind of key into that artistic side of me where I'm trying to balance things and get that feng shui and the, the enclosure and having a really good time with it. So this one will mostly about like where I'm at so far, what I received, some of the things, you know, some of my early impressions with the, the stuff I was sent. And again, they were very, very generous. I want to make that very clear. I am planning on making some purchases from them because now I'm, I'm, I do like the substrate. I do want to try more of it. And now I'm looking at these bioactive setups. They've got some things there that I really like that I'd like to use of mine. So full disclosure, so far, so good, really enjoying it. But let's get into just kind of what I was sent and what I've been doing so far with it. So as I mentioned previously, uh, I originally wanted to try out several different species because I really want to see how this substrate performs across all different types of tarantulas. I don't just want to put it in there with the moist ones. Uh, obviously, if you're doing a bioactive enclosure and you want live plants, it's going to involve some watering of the plants, even some of the ones that are used to drier conditions. You're going to have to put some water in there. So I want to know, will this stuff work dry? Because one of the issues I've had in the past when I used the, what was it, Lugardi substrate was the fact that it worked really good. My first impressions, it worked really well, seemed to absorb water well until it completely dried out. Then it was a nightmare to try to get it to reabsorb the water. It turned into like a brick. And I was, and again, I, other people are out there using it. If you're having a good time with it, I'm not trying to dissuade you. I'm just saying that overall, I had to compare the price point to what I wanted to use it for. I was using it for slings. I found that when you try to add, it's a delicate process, adding moisture to a slings enclosure and trying to drip water down and not flood it and have it actually absorb into the substrate was becoming a bit of a problem. I also had a problem with a fungus outbreak and it was basically in every enclosure. I rehoused a bunch of slings into this stuff. I was excited to use it in every enclosure I rehoused them into. No matter where it was in my tarantula room, they all ended up with this fungus. So it did come from that bag. It was in the bag. I tossed the bag. I haven't bought it since. But I wanted to, when I get substrates, I did the same thing with the Lagardis. I like to play around with it and compare it to, you know, my vermiculite topsoil mix, vermiculite cocoa fiber. Like, what, what properties did it have? And I will, will say right off the bat, I'm, I'm impressed with it so far. I'm enjoying it. Now, again, I want to make it very clear for those out there that are shaking their heads, probably going, yeah, I'm sure paying a bunch of money for dirt, something I can get for free. I totally understand that. And I don't want anybody to think for a minute that I'm telling everybody to go out there and spend a bunch of money on dirt. I was thrifty for many, many, many years in this hobby. I think this is a hobby, unlike some of the other ones, like maybe some, you know, like, for example, if you compare it to fish, aquarium fish, that's a lot of money in there to set these things up correctly. I think we get away with buying a Sterilite container, some dirt, we throw it in there and everything's good to go. And many of us like that because it means more money we can spend on spiders. And we all know that it doesn't take long before your modest collection of three turns into a collection of 50 or 100. So I do understand those of you out there that are skeptical and or, or like, hey, I have no interest in this whatsoever. I totally get it. That was me for many, many years. Who knows where this lined up? This could be something that I, again, this is an experiment for me. I'm trying it out. Right now, I'm enjoying it. Maybe down the line, plants start dying. I start getting rotten plant material in there. The spiders are chewing things up, tearing things apart. And I go, you know what? Not the greatest idea. We'll see where it goes. And that's where I'd like to be very transparent and stuff. It's like when I did the M. Balfouri enclosure, the point was to basically put everything out there, good or bad. Now, with the M. Balfouri, it ended up being all good for the most part. I don't think I had too many bad situations with them. With this, we'll see how it goes. So for anybody out there right now that's like, yeah, man, I really like your channel because you told me how to do things cheap. Trust me, I'm not going to stop doing that. And the grunting is uh, my dog, Bruticus, who is on my lap right now and enjoying the fact that he's getting petted. So I apologize. I'm not going to cut that one out. I usually do, but it was kind of funny. So please 
please understand, I'm not, I'm not trying to convince. This is not me trying to convince people to do this. This is for people who have asked me about it, people that might be on the fence, people that have done it before, I'm sure, will chime in and give me some pointers because I am brand new to this. I'm already finding that you know some of the plants I received I can pick up at my local Walmart or Home Depot. You know, it, it, Again, it's going to be a, a learning curve for me, but I'm going to share it as I go along because a lot of the times when I do these podcasts and videos, I'm in a position where it's like I'm telling people this is the right way to do it. This is a point where I'm just basically relaying what I'm doing. So anyway, to start off, got two huge boxes and one contained all the plants, a bunch of different species of plants, and I'm still learning the names of them, but uh, Phytonia, uh, Croton, Croton, I'm terrible at the pronunciations, Bird's Nest Fern, um, some more smaller ferns, Sansevieria, Green Sansevieria, snake plant. I probably should have just said snake plant. That would have been easier. Anyway, got a bunch of really beautiful plants, and I put them on my table. They all perked up, and then we got the box of all the goodies in it, which contained the Terra Aranya, which, uh, again, I'll go into that a little more in a minute, just my initial observations. Leaf litter, this has been something I was actually on eBay not that long ago trying to buy some leaf litter because I wanted to try it out in some of my enclosures. I like the idea of it. I like the way it looks, and I was starting to give thought to those bioactive enclosures, so was actually really excited to get bags of leaves. I, I that's when you know you're starting to get heavy into the hobby when you get a bag of leaves and you're all excited you're opening it up you're smelling it you're feeling it um lots of cork bark we had tubes and flats sphagnum look like new zealand sphagnum moss uh, big bags of sphagnum moss and then the bio shot which is actually the stuff that you add to the substrate that makes it bioactive uh, the description on the bio shot, bio shot says a supplement of beneficial microorganisms and nutrients for bioactive vivaria. And again, when you're talking about this type of setup, you're talking about an enclosure where a lot of times you're having plants in it and you're adding those microorganisms or those small invertebrates, you know, the little these springtails or the isopods, whatever, you're using something to basically break down that waste. And I like the idea of having that little biodome there, whatever you want to call it, inside where it actually cleans itself the natural way. It uses the healthy molds and uses the healthy microorganisms to keep things clean. That's really appealing to me, even probably more than just the aesthetics of having a beautiful enclosure. So it did come with the Bioshot, sent a bunch of little decorative things like um, monkey pods. I called them the wrong thing a little while ago, so I'm glad I got that one uh, fixed up uh, pod heads, things that look make really nice naturalistic looking water dishes, and I've got a couple of those in there. So I went on his site, I watched the videos how to put it together, kind of got a feel for it, listened to some of the things he had to say, and basically started my first the other day. Billy and I got my camera out, we got all the stuff set up on the table, and basically started off with a 12 by 12 by 12 Exoterra Nano that I modified by taking all of the wire out of the top and replacing it with drilled plexiglass, which was, I had honestly forgotten how much fun it can truly be drilling holes in a huge sheet of plexiglass, or a decent sized sheet of plexiglass. I mean, just a great way to spend my Saturday. So we got that all glued in, everything ready to go, and then we set up to building this thing, and I had a lot of fun with it. We do have the video of this. It'll be up on my YouTube page, obviously. And basically, first reactions to the actual substrate the terra aranya i really like the feel of it it's it's thick it's thick but loamy you can see it's got some very fine sand in it i thought it was going to be really dusty one thing i really loved about it honestly was that it came dry one of the biggest issues with buying substrate and cocoa fiber and things of that nature is a lot of times they come in the bags and they're basically wet and you can't use them right away or you have to dry them out for the dry species and the first species i was setting up an enclosure for was c cyanio pubicin so i wanted the stuff dry so that was 
I was really excited about that. However, I was worried because I've used peat in the past, and peat is incredible. Anybody that's used peat, it's incredibly dusty. Real fine dust gets all over everything, and when you have a nice glass enclosure and you're dumping this stuff in, no matter how careful you try to be, it seems to you know billow up and dust plumes and gets all over everything. When I dumped this stuff in, there was no dust, which kind of blew me away. I honestly was expecting like some type of peat mix, and it sunk in really well, had a really nice feel to it. Again, adding water to it, it mixes very well with water, which I like because obviously that's going to be important. Now, supposedly, if mixed correctly with this stuff, when you add water to the top of it, it naturally drains down to the bottom. I have not tested this out yet. Supposedly, this is a big perk of it, but we will be doing something where I put some of it in, pour some water on, see where it goes. One issue I did have with it, which is a mild one, but it, it wasn't a huge deal. When I packed the stuff down pretty well and tried to add water on top of it, it tended to puddle and mud on top. But that's the same, basically the same thing that happens when you use topsoil. The one thing that sucks things up very quickly is the cocoa fiber, but then it also loses the water quickly. It evaporates out of it, and dries out quickly, becomes fluffy quickly. So that's a quality I'm not necessarily, that's not a deal breaker for me by any stretch. And it did suck in and I did kind of pack the stuff down really heavy. It does seem, the one thing I really like about it is it does seem to hold its shape very well for tarantulas that want to burrow. Like when I was doing starter burrows for some of these things, these burrows were solid. It held its shape very, very well. So a lot of positive qualities to it. Again, once I get going and doing the actual testing, like I I have a little test I like to do it, like to see how long it takes the water to evaporate out of it, see how long it takes water added to sink into it, see if the water does sink down. We'll be doing all that stuff going ahead and I'll have more information about it. So the first thing we did, added all the dirt. Then you're supposed to, you know, basically put the plants in. So I went and did my first two plants, which was really cool. I think I used the snake's head and I can't remember what the other one was. Some type of fern, really thick fern, a really neat looking plant. And apparently both of them don't need a lot of light, which is good because they don't want to freak the spiders out too much with the light. Although my lights are on all day long anyway. And not they, you can spot water them. That was very important to me, and I did ask about that because I don't want a situation where I have to keep a whole terrarium dry with a C. cyanopubescens, a, a GBB. They're, they're not a species that requires high humidity. They were species actually back in the day where people were trying to keep them humid, and it was killing them. And I wanted a situation where if I put plants in there, I could water just the roots of the plants, and it worked beautifully. I went and I put the plants in, and I just put some water around the roots. It sucked right into the roots. was perfect. I kept the rest of it dry, which was great. And then we went in. We took a bunch of leaf litter, put it in there, took a bunch of sphagnum, ripped it up, put it in there, kind of mixed it up, poured a little more dirt in there, so it was a level of it, added the bio shot, which smells terrible. I didn't realize that until I went for some reason. I have this thing where I sniff everything, especially dirt. I love the smell of dirt for some reason. I was sniffing the sphagnum. I was, I have issues apparently. And I opened up the bio shot and sniffed it and it's like vomit or feet or something, but that's good because that's the stuff you want in there. So I mixed all that in. Then we put in the cork bark and tried to build something that it could kind of go semi-arboreal on. I arranged the plants in a way where there's kind of between the cork bark and the two plants, it kind of makes a triangle and figured it would make a web hat hammock in there. And then we rehoused it. And I'll tell you, putting that girl in that tank, it, ooh, she looks stunning. And, and and again, I, it's funny because for years I've used the sterilite containers and I will continue to use them for certain species. And probably when I have doubles, we'll see. You know, one of the experiments I can do 
If I have two from the same sack, one thing I like to do is keep one in the sterilite, one in maybe a bioactive, and see if there's any difference. Is there Are they more active? I've heard that one's kept in the bioactive enclosures with plants. You see them more often. I'd love to test this theory. That's kind of, these are the fun things I like to do and kind of report on, so it'll, it'll make a, a good little experiment there. But again, I think seeing it in that, I, I started to understand why sometimes people get – I'll have people get on my YouTube videos and be like, beautiful spider, too bad it's in a terrible-looking container, and they get so like personally affronted by it. You can tell they're like seriously offended that I would take that animal and keep it in there and I always come back with the well the it's important to me to keep it correctly I like the ventilation ease whatever but I do kind of get it now because when you see one of these beautiful spiders set up in such a way it really does kind of open up a whole new thing for you like I was looking at like Billy and I turned and looked at each other and at one point I had the the LED light on it and it was just catching all of her colors and in the contrast of that naturalistic background it really was stunning so I will say my first attempt at one, it was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed playing with it. I, I understand it's going to take more work to keep it going because now I actually have to pay attention to not just filling her water dish and making sure her water dish is full, but also making sure that those plants are watered. But I, first impression, it, it looks fantastic. So we'll have to see how that goes. Again, this is going to be something we monitored. This is one of the dry enclosures, and supposedly the BioShot works just as well in dry as it does in the moist one. And the whole point of the BioShot is it starts to break down some of that organic material material and basically supply food for the plants now some questions i have going ahead that i'm hoping to answer is looking at some of the plants that i'm putting in here right now they're at a nice height where they fit in nice they've got some room to grow i think it'll be a nice situation however I do wonder some of these, I went shopping today and went to Home Depot and I saw that some of the plants were in like little four ounce um, containers, little four ounce pots and looked about the size to be the ones that I used in here and other ones were in big pots and they were huge. We're talking, you know, probably a foot tall, maybe even more. So I am a little worried about what happens with some of these plants once they grow past a certain size. Am I going to have to pluck them out and put them in bigger enclosures? Like, how does that work? And these are just questions I'm kind of formulating as we go along. That's something that's a concern. One of the big ones, one of the reasons why I picked uh, C. cyaneopubicins or the GBB was because I wanted to see what would happen with these plants if they got webbed over. She just came out of an enclosure that was so full of webbing, you, there wasn't barely a single square inch of floor space that didn't have thick web on. What's going to happen when she starts webbing up these plants? Are they going to get the necessary sunlight? Is it just going to cause them to dry up and die? That's something I want to see. And again, people can probably chime in and say, I've done this before, but little things that you're just thinking about as you're putting these together. And again, I don't, this is brand new for me, so I don't have all the information on this. This isn't me going, yep, this is what's going to happen. It's me going, hmm, wonder how this is going to work out. I will say it's been sitting there now for three days on a new shelf. I, I cleaned out the rest of my movie collection, put it upstairs, and opened up another whole good section of wall for shelving for my tarantulas. It looks stunning, absolutely stunning. And I went ahead and I set up two more. So for those of you, I haven't told anybody which species I'm going to be doing yet, but the next one will be a the Orphanacus philippinus will be one of the ones I'm going to rehouse into one of those 12 by 12 exoterras. I've got it set up with the earth kind of slanting down from the back, so I give it a little extra depth. Although mine has not burrowed for quite some time, even though right now it's in a sterilite container with probably about 7 inches of substrate, and it sits right on the top and just webs everything. So I figured, normally this would be one I'd give a lot more space, but what I did instead, because I've had heard some people set them up semi-arboreally and they get their spiders out more, I, I it, from hearing from people from the Philippines, this is one that likes to hide under crevices and stuff, so I don't know about that, but I did create a setup that gives it some more 
it can burrow. It's got a pre-started burrow with cork bark. It's got one that's leaned up. So if it wants to sit out in the open, fantastic. I'd love to look at it. And obviously the whole, the blue plants, there's a plant in the front, plant in the back. Beautiful setup, if I do say so myself. I mean, didn't take all that much. I was just kind of putting things in there, but really curious to get that one in there. And then I will be doing one of my H. maculatas. One of my, I'm hoping it's a female. I tried to sex out the molt, but it was pretty damaged. I'm hoping it's a female. She'll be going into one of the exoterras. I've got that one set up. And then I have a P. reduncus that will be getting set up in one later on. So those are some of the species I'm doing. I'll leave the last one up because I'm not sure which one I'm going to do. I have one I want to do, but I'm looking at the enclosure now, and I'm not sure it's... It's just not looking as good as the other ones. We'll see how it goes. But those are three of the other ones I plan on doing. And again, obviously, it's going to give me a range. I keep my reduncus a little bit moist, and that'll be, you know, I can use some plants in there that I can water a little bit more. HMAX, although they have a reputation for liking it very, very dry, I do like to give mine a moist spot, obviously water dishes and stuff. So we'll be playing around with those, seeing how they go, and I'll be able to report in, you know, back to you guys on what I see. And I'm guessing a lot of people that have already dabbled in this will probably chime in i know one of the other big concerns i have is with the tarantulas tearing up the plants which may be rather selective in which species i chose to try for this little quote-unquote project i know that like for example my lazy adora species tend to tear everything up my formictopus species i'd love to see some of those beautiful formictopus dominican violets in one of these enclosures but i've also seen what they can do to just fake plants they tear things to shreds so i think it's going to be for me part of the learning process which species this makes sense to do it with and which species that maybe it doesn't i would like to try it with a fossorial species and again i want to observe how this substrate works with a fossorial species because it does look like it will hold its shape very very well for burrows so i do want to set something up with a plant maybe a root system down there that the tarantula can dig down underneath so looking at possibly c darlingi we'll see how it goes from there but Lots of opportunities to set up really cool things to report on. And then one of the things I'll obviously start doing as I go along is like even today, I went out and I used up a lot of the plants that they sent me for these enclosures. I went out and said, you know, let me see if I can pick up some you know similar plants. And I did. I found some similar plants. I picked them up so I can continue doing some more with those. So it looks like it's going to be something for folks that you know, don't want to spend all the money for a complete setup. And I completely understand, but want to trap the substrate, you can pick up the substrate. For those who want to try a bioactive but just want to try the substrate and the bio shot, then you can probably do that if you have a, a source of clean leaf litter, if you have your own sphagnum moss. Obviously, right now for me, it's nice to get I, – when I first get into something, I always like grabbing everything to start off. So, for example, when I first started buying slings, I you know I bought from Jamie's Tarantulas because I love the fact that she sold – you could buy the enclosure with all the fixings in it. You could buy your – you know, the substrate would be in it. You'd buy your feeder insects. Everything could come in that package and you're all set. So I think for a lot of people, they like that convenience. They don't mind spending some more money to just have it be like, everything's going to come in one box. I'm good to go. As opposed to going, all right, I'm going to get the dirt from here. I'm going to get uh, some of the substrate. I'm going to get some of the sphagnum moss from this place. I'm going to go buy some plants at Home Depot. I'm going to go buy some cork bark for this place. Just to have it all in one box. It just makes it convenient. So I think for people that just want to do a couple of them and don't mind spending a little extra money, I think these kits will probably be pretty cool. Again, we'll see how it goes as we go along. And for those who just want to try out a cool substrate that's supposedly formulated just for tarantulas and inverts. They did say it can work with tarantulas, it can work for centipedes, and I believe scorpions was the other thing. And that makes sense. They're similar enough that that shouldn't be an issue. 
And moving ahead, I do have two centipedes, the honeys that I would love to try this out with, and I have my emperors that I would love to try this out with. So there's a lot of things I can experiment with and basically report to people. This is what I'm seeing. It's it's great for this. It's We'll find out if there's something that doesn't work. I'm going to say it. I mean, that's the thing. I'm not in this. Again, I, I, I when I did my Lugardi's review a while back, I think some people thought that they had sent me the stuff. And that one I had actually just purchased myself to try out. And I liked it at the time. I like I, I basically said the things I liked about it, and that's how I work. It's like this is what's good. This is what you know. Maybe people be, should be aware of. I'm not going to sit there and just promote something that I, I don't think people are really going to like because it makes no sense. If I sit there and say this is great and it's not, you guys are going to come back and tell me immediately. What do I got to gain out of it? So I do. And again, I love doing these experiments with dirt. I've told the story many times. On my son and I kind of did a little science experiment with cocoa fiber, peat, vermiculite topsoil and we were basically mixing different combinations and, and basically measuring the properties of it. How quickly did the water evaporate? How easy was it rehydrated when it dried out? Things of that nature. We'll be doing the same thing with this. But so far, you know, very pleased with it. Again, I am, I'm going to be placing an order for some other stuff pretty soon because I want to do, I now that I've got these five rolling, I'm starting to think about other ones I want to do. And a, a big part of this year, my big goal for this year was really to start putting some of these guys in really nice enclosures. So now we're going to see what we can do with them. So, so far, so good. Loving the first enclosure I got set up. It's sitting right on the middle of the shelf with a light on it right now. My little GBB is sitting right on top of that cork bark, as picturesque as can be. I have an enclosure flanking it on either side, another 12 by 12 by 12 that the O. Philippinus will be getting, and then the Exoterra 8 by 8 by 12, Exoterra Nano Tall which will most likely be getting the HMAC. We'll see which one looks to be more agreeable when we go to transfer. Last time we went to transfer an HMAC, Billy got a little too close to the one we were transferring. Wasn't in any danger, but afterwards it was kind of a funny moment. She's like, oh, this is a New World species, right? I'm like, oh, no, that one would have hurt you. So we're going to be a little more careful this time. That was kind of my fault. So we're, as we do those, what I'm going to do is I, I already did a video where I showed how I set this one up. I think I don't think everybody needs to see another 10-minute video of me putting the dirt in and kind of going, no, no, let's put this over here. But we'll start with them all set up and then we'll put the spiders in. And then I'm just going to do updates and let people know what I'm seeing. And, you know, I'm going to continue to experiment with some of this stuff and try setting other ones up. One of the things I would like to pick up as well is probably some springtails. There was a huge discussion on one of the message boards recently, or not message, but it was a Facebook group talking about isopods and how any isopod has the potential or the ability to devour basically swarm on for lack of a better term and devour a molting tarantula and i used dwarf white isopods i have a, a whole community of them i don't know what you'd call it a group of them that i've been keeping alive and breeding and i haven't had any issues with them but i have seen that they can devour you know that type of material i keep some of them in with my tidious stigmurus uh, scorpions i have a communal of those and when they molt they tend to devour the molt i don't find any of the molt around you get the little isopods they devour them so that's something to keep in mind so i'm kind of shying away from those i planned on putting some of those in and apparently it's not bad if there's a small population but they can if they explode they can potentially do that so a little shying away from those now maybe somebody that knows more about them had more experience can can go ahead and chime in but for me i don't like i don't take a lot of chances and i haven't had any issues with them so far but it's in the back of my mind and with these enclosures i don't want to drop these things in and have the populations explode and then be trying to figure out what the heck to do with them do i have to you know do you have to change all the substrate i don't want to waste the dirt this stuff costs money so we'll see how it goes but 
definitely some things I'll be playing with moving ahead, and I'll be reporting it all to you guys. So, so far, so good. Thank you to Josh and the people at BioDude. They've been fantastically nice and very generous in the in the stuff they they sent to me. The light, I, the one thing I forgot to mention, they sent all the light fixtures and everything. So it's been really cool. And now it's time to put this stuff to the test and see what it really does. So again, first impressions are quite good. I'm having a lot of fun, but I know it's going to take time to really evaluate how well this stuff works. So. Stay tuned. There's going to be more of these going ahead and obviously more discussions about bioactives. I still want to get my buddy Ryan Mack on here to talk a bit about what he does with them and what he knows. And he's one that could probably teach us all how to do this, all all this stuff on our own in our own house, which is great for the do-it-yourselfers that don't want to go out and spend a ton of money. But for those of you who are looking at a way to get into the bioactive enclosures and don't feel like doing all the homework to, you know, buy all the different components everywhere, may want to give a look to BioDude. Just, you know, peruse the site and get an idea for it. See what you think. And I'll continue to update people. So that's going to about do it for this one. A little shorter one, but I wanted to do an extra one because I did such a negative one last time. We kind of had two negative ones in a row and I don't like that. I had to get some stuff off my chest though and I feel better for it. And obviously from this point on we're keeping things very positive that's how we like to do things it's how I, I i just think there's enough negativity in the hobby than to dwell on anything else now we're all doing happy fun stuff like plants and dirt and bugs so anyway thanks so much for all of you who take the time to listen i really do appreciate it. i'm shocked the podcast is continuing to grow and it's kind of overwhelming for me because i really never thought it was going to find an audience in the first place so i do appreciate it again for those of you that don't know i have a website tomsbigspiders.com i also have my YouTube channel, which is Tom's Big Spiders, or you can look up Tom Moran. They both, it, my last name was never supposed to get in there, but I somehow screwed up and got it in there. So now everybody knows who I am. So who cares? Um, and feel free to check it out. Feel free to comment on Facebook. I put these up again. I apologize. I'm not, my work has been slamming me lately and I haven't had as much time to go on to do the socializing stuff and, and to answer questions and whatnot. So I apologize if I'm not on there as much as I should be. Hopefully, as the year moves on, I'll, things will die down a bit and I'll be able to be a bit more active. So, as always, thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next time.